Thanks for joining us for Access Utah. Before we jump into today's topic, unfinished business from yesterday. Uh, we uh, talked with Darren Perry, author of a new book, The Bear River Massacre, a uh, Shoshone history. And uh, Steve has emailed us. Uh, Steve, I'm sorry I didn't uh, catch your email during the program. I really should have. Uh, he says, thanks for this morning's program. I previously knew nothing about the Bear River Massacre, and it is hard to hear this terrible story. Wikipedia says that the massacre opened up the northern part of the Cache Valley for Mormon settlement. Is that a fair analysis? That's Steve's question. Uh, Steve, I believe I can answer that. Uh, Darren Perry is not here, of course, uh, today, but uh, in his book, I believe uh, Mr. Perry does make reference to the fact that uh, it did expand uh, Mormon settlement uh, or possibilities of Mormon settlement, not only to Cache Valley, but uh, uh, beyond. So thanks for that. Uh, Steve emailed upraccess at gmail.com. You can as well. To end the program, we'll uh, take a look at how the coronavirus pandemic is affecting rural Utah. We're going to talk about concerns of smaller healthcare facilities, decisions over closures of national parks, how the economies of rural communities are being affected, and other uh, factors. Our guests include Brady Bradford, director of the Southeast Utah Health Department, Springdale Mayor Stanley Smith, and State Senator Lyle Hilliard. We'd love to hear your concerns and hopes as well. How are you doing, especially in rural Utah? You can email us to upraccess at gmail.com, upraccess at gmail.com. We bring in uh, Brady Bradford, Director of Southeast Utah Health Department. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks, Tom. Uh, we uh, talk as well with Springdale Mayor Stanley Smith. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you. And State Senator Lyle Hilliard. Thanks for joining us. I'm glad to be a partner as well. Uh, uh, Senator Hilliard, you're, uh, we have a buzz on your line there. I wonder, I don't know how we can fix that. I've been trying to fix that for a long time. I should have gotten you on another phone. This phone doesn't work too well. Okay, can we uh, can we call you back? Yeah, call me back. I have the okay. same number and I'll pick up another phone. Okay, okay? great, great. Uh, very good. Uh, so let me start with uh, Brady Bradford. Um, so the Southeast Utah Health Department, what, what areas did that encompass? Uh, Carbon, Emory, and Grand Counties. Okay, and uh, how are we doing with the coronavirus? I think we, I was reading you have, what, uh, two or three cases confirmed. We have three cases locally, one in Grand County, two in uh, Emory County, and then we've had a, someone that was here working from back east that's also tested positive. Uh, so what restrictions are in place in, uh, in the southeast uh, Utah Health Department area? So due to the recreational nature, particularly of Grand County, um, we impose restrictions on overnight lodging facilities. Um, right now, those are really only available to people working um, in the communities that where we live and uh, for emergency stays only. So the purpose of that was to really restrict the huge influx of tourism that, that happens here during the spring. We also have uh, closed down salons and gyms and, and other things like that, though we don't have a shelter-in-place order uh, for any of our counties. Uh, no shelter-in-place order. I, I guess uh, just the, the, the governor's suggested shelter-in-place. Yes, and we are we're very um, supportive of that, and we have generally seen pretty good response uh, from our communities. Uh, to that effect, you know, there's not quite as much uh, bustling about. Um, Main Street looks a lot 
uh, emptier in, in all of our towns. Um, and I think there's room for improvement there, but uh, I think our communities really have um, taken this to heart and are, are doing their best to uh, socially distance and, and stay at home. I understand there are some restrictions on restaurants. Yes, uh, right now our restaurants fall in line with what Governor Herbert has asked. So there is curbside uh, and curbside service and um, delivery available. Um, and because we we do recognize people still need to get fed, and and so um, we we mirror what the what Governor Herbert's ordered. Mm-hmm. Statewide, and then uh, public events uh, pretty much all been canceled. Yes, uh, and that for us kind of initiated this whole uh, process. We were looking at um, the, kind of the normal slew of events that happen in Moab in the springtime with with races and, and um, the car shows and, and things like that that are very popular, but they draw in thousands and even tens of thousands of people and that was concerning for us knowing that all of those people would interact closely with all of our hospitality workers restaurant workers and um, that presented a, a very difficult situation you yeah I'm, just, uh, I'm reading you have an FAQ on on like gyms um, are, are gyms still open no our, our gyms are closed um, just the nature of you know, everybody getting together and, and sweating, and um, that was that was a recommendation also statewide. Um, I, I know that it's maybe not, um, that's maybe not in every health department's order, but for us, um, that was a step we took at the, the start, and we will, as we're moving forward and moving through this, um, we'll look at ways to relax some of our restrictions as long as we can maintain some, some strict um, sanitation protocols. Um, our, our order is up on the 15th if it's not renewed, um, but between now and then we're, we're looking at each one of the restrictions in place and, and asking ourselves, is, does this need to stay or can, can we make modifications that will um, still benefit the public and, and keep them safe? I want to mention one, another specific area of the order, travel advisory. So the, the health department is advising, strongly advising all residents of Carbon Emory and Grand Counties to uh, reconsider any, I guess, uh, travel. Yeah, and, and that is really um, one. We know we, we have curbed a lot of the interaction with our bird businesses, um, but um, a lot of the travel ends up, um, people have accidents. You know, they're riding their bike and they 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 fall off or they they get lost and they need search search and rescue. So, still, that large influx of people puts a drain on the resources, which are very limited in rural areas. Um, I know that you know as we um, have kind of larger events, our our hospitals generally fill up with broken bones and. And, and cuts and, and our search and rescue teams, in, in, particularly in Emory and Grand Counties, are some of the busiest in the state. Um, and 
each one of those is a potential interaction with, with someone from out of the area that, that may have the virus. Now, we know that, you know, all of life, there are certain risks that, that we're taking, and, and these people on the front lines are, are, have accepted some of those risks, but we're just asking people for now, while instead of fighting um, this disease on multiple fronts, um, if we can just focus on our community members for the next little while while we flatten the curve, that will be a benefit to our first responders. So first responders, uh, are you concerned about facilities as well? You know, only three cases uh, confirmed, but uh, if that were to grow, um, the facilities are a little smaller in those areas. Absolutely. So we, um, we feel like we have been ahead of the curve a little bit. We, you know, Summit County's numbers really alarmed us because we feel like um, the people that are there skiing in the winter transition down to our area in the spring. And, and um, our, our hospital in Moab is a 17-bed hospital with no intensive care. Um, the clinic, we have a small clinic that's attached to Castleview Hospital that is located in, in Castledale in Emory County. And yesterday that clinic actually had to close for two weeks due to, due to some exposure uh, to the virus. Um, and we've notified people in the community that, that were exposed and now they're in quarantine. But that's just an example that um, there was, um, you know, an asymptomatic in, individual and um, that resulted in the closure of this facility that serves most of Emory County. Now they will they will provide telehealth services, but now those people that are uh, on the San Rafael swell, they won't have someone to mend their broken arms unless they get to Castleview Hospital. Yeah, that's uh, quite uh, quite the effect there. Uh, let me turn to uh, Springdale Mayor Stanley Smith. Uh, so they're in Springdale. Um, I believe, is, is Zion National Park, is, is it closed? I know the visitor center is closed. No, it's, it, Zion National Park is temporarily closed. It was it closed under the direction of the, the governor and the health department uh, last Friday. And uh, I believe uh, most other parks in the national parks in Utah are closed as well. I was reading, um, let's see, Canyonlands, Arches, uh, of course, Zion. Uh, Bryce, according to their website, is closing as of this afternoon. And uh, Capitol Reef, uh, still some areas open, but Scenic Drive is closed. Um, so that's uh, that's got to have an effect, uh, Zion National Park being closed. It has a huge effect. I mean, if you were to walk outside... And, and look at the town of Springdale, uh, it's pretty much a ghost town. Um, and in heading into, you know, the busy season, this has got to have a big economic effect. Well, yeah, Springdale has a roughly 1,200 uh, 1, uh, rooms. Now, if you were to go in, look last night, I don't think you saw 12 rooms in the whole town of Springdale last night. So, and it was usually, would usually have about an 80, 85% occupancy coming into this weekend, this Easter weekend, we'd have 100% plus occupancy, everything's full. So, uh, you look at that, 1,200 rooms times roughly $160 average room night, uh, that's the impact that you would have to the hotels. Then you have the trickle-down effect to the restaurants, the gift shops, and even to the town of Springdale. The town of Springdale gets the majority of their revenue from uh, the sales tax and the transient room tax. 
So not only are the businesses, but the, the whole community will, will feel the impact. And then it goes further. Do you uh, do you feel the park was close? It was proper to close the park for the the health of everyone. It was it was the proper thing to do. It, whether it closed last week or this next week, um, you know it, it it was the right thing to do. Though it was extremely difficult. Uh, we're making some of the sacrifices and 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 looking forward to when it opens again and and getting busy and, and inviting everybody back to, to enjoy the, the beauty of Zion National Park. Of course, we don't know exactly when uh, when this pandemic will end. Uh, there's a lot of unknowns out there. How how long can these businesses survive? Uh, that's that's a good question. I think that's a, that's one of those questions that uh, you say, "Oh, well, we do, we don't know when the when the pandemic's going to end. We don't know when things are going to come back to normal." Uh, we don't even know when it's, once it opens up, what, what, what is it going to look like? What is visitation going to look like? Uh, there's a lot of unknowns, but the biggest thing that we have is hope. Uh, we, we know that uh, in the past, Zion has, has been visited, and as we look online and see people um, feeling bad that they've had to postpone their, their vacations, but they're also saying as soon as it opens, they're, they're ready to come back. So it's, there's a lot of unknowns. Uh, we just will have take each day and each week uh, and, and do the best of what we can with it yeah keep uh, keep hope alive um well, you, you said you know that there's a concern i guess a worry after you just said hope i hate to bring that back up but i wonder if you could uh, respond to that uh, that perhaps visitation patterns would change well the, the, the nice thing i've been uh, my family moved down in 1972 so uh, I have a long history of living in Springdale. One of the things, even during the gas crunch of the 70s and, and uh, 2008 with the, the, the recession, Springdale's always kept a good visitation, and, and numbers seem to always just stay steady. So uh, if the past is, is, can tell us what, what it should look like, Zion should be, should be all right. Uh, that's what we're kind of looking at. Mm-hmm. If you just joined us, we're talking with um, Springdale Mayor Stanley Smith right now. We were talking with Brady Bradford, Director of Southeast Utah Health Department. We'll be talking with State Senator Lyle Hilliard as well. Love to hear from you. We're focusing on rural Utah, but wherever you are, love to check in. What are your concerns right now? How are you doing with social distancing and uh, sheltering in place? Uh, What are your hopes uh, as well? What's your experience? Tell us your story. Uh, you can get that to us by email, upraccess at gmail.com, upraccess at gmail.com. What questions do you have? Upraccess at gmail.com. Uh, so, Senator Hilliard, we talked with you uh, about two or three weeks ago, and this was all sort of just breaking. Um, we had to focus on uh, legislators uh, and the, the legislative session, but we also talked about uh, the pandemic. Um, so, uh, since that time, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing fine. <clears throat> I'm staying in my house. I go out only on very rare occasions when I have to do something that I wash my hands before I go out. I wash my hands when I get back, and uh, uh, just my wife and I living here together in our home. So uh, I'm concerned about it. I, you know, I just got through a briefing yesterday from the Bear River Health Department, and they're really concerned about it. We've had some, uh, no deaths, thankfully, but we've had some serious uh, uh experiences with it here in Box Elder in Cache County, but none in Rich County. And when I heard that, I kind of had the feeling I heard a while back 
the way you solve a cholesterol problem, you never have a blood test. And so it's floating out there, and no people don't know about it. And that concerns me about rural Utah, is where they don't have ready access to doctors, hospitals, testing thing, that I think we need to make sure we test. I had an experience, <clears throat> excuse me, a while ago, where someone, I was at the Bear Lake Marina, and somebody had a heart attack. And the question was what to do. There was one ambulance in the valley, and they, this was the third call it had that day, and they said, boy, hope nobody calls while we're out doing this call because it's so limited. But they decided to fly the person to, to Ogden. It was faster for a helicopter from, from a KD out of Ogden to fly to the Bear Lake, Bear Lake Marina, put the person in the helicopter and take him back, then drive to Logan, through Logan Canyon, which is an hour drive, even in good weather, or to go to uh, Montpelier or, or to Evanston. And so you get these people in remote areas like that, and you have an emergency. I, I have been deeply impressed at how sick some people have gotten with this virus. I hear some people talk about, oh, it's just like the flu, and, and for many people, thankfully, it is. But when you hit a person who reacts uh, negative to it, as we see the deaths have occurred, I understand it can happen pretty quickly and very severely. And if you're not really ready to take care of them medically in a remote area, like Rich County or these other counties you've talked about, you've got real trouble on your hands. Uh, we've been talking, uh, Senator, about uh, economic impacts. Uh, is the legislature going to get involved uh, with, with economic relief? Well, you know, we don't have the money really to do that. Uh, we have some. Uh, the problem we have is that our general fund, which we fund all these things from, is really not growing very rapidly, not growing nearly as much as the population. So money is really a, a factor there. But uh, I, I just thinking, too, I was in Jackson Hole a while back, and I was surprised at all the Utah drivers or license plates on cars. So I started visiting with people and found out that the ones I talked to, at least, were out-of-state visitors who had flown into Salt Lake City, rented a car, and then driven through Rich County by Bear Lake up to Jackson and then come back. So I'm sure uh, Rich County has a lot of, of travelers who do that and will do it more this summer if there is traveling going on. But that's how that uh, the virus gets moved around in ways that even though you may stay at home and you distance yourself, you can't always control the people that come in your area that may be affected. And this is not really a, a busy season now that it will be in the summer. But uh, if we're still in this pandemic, uh, I, you know, the travel may be cut down, and that really impacts our local businesses. Most of the businesses in Rich County have to make their go from, from Memorial Day to Labor Day. If they don't make it during that time period, they just can't make it because tourism is so reduced the rest of the year. Uh, Senator, I want to I want to run this past you. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with the uh, open letter to the governor signed by 17 county commissioners, mostly from southwestern part of the state, uh, also Representative Phil Lyman. Um, we, we tried to get to, we, we put out word to several of those county commissioners, and Representative Lyman didn't get the response. Um, they're they were uh, asking the governor not to overreact. And uh, they're saying that we need to return to normalcy as soon as uh, possible. Um, I wonder what your reaction to, to, to that is. It's a, you know, it's a response you can understand. Um, are you supportive of the governor's measures? I am supportive of the governor's measure. I think uh, this is something new that we don't know where we're going with it. 
And I think you've hit the nail on the head. We have no idea how long this is going to last, how intense it's going to be. I think if we if we get in a point that becomes the intensity that some people predict, it'll overwhelm us. And uh, I would rather be safe than sorry, because once it, it happens, it's a lot easier to look back and say, well, we overreacted, than get in the middle of it and say, what what are we thinking? Mm. Uh, Senator, just uh, on a, before we move on to a break and then, uh, you know, the, the rest of the program, um, I just want to talk on a personal level. You're, you're, I guess you're staying home a lot. You said you have your garden. I do. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're in a, I don't think we're, uh, I don't think we're revealing a secret. You're in a sensitive demographic, Senator, right? So do you have concerns? I am. And uh, especially it's my wife. She has some uh, health issues that we're really concerned. And uh, when somebody like uh, my good friend Ben, ben McAdams says, at his age, and he's, as far as I know, is in good health. We've been, I've known him for a long time. If he can be as sick as he was, I'm deeply concerned anyone could could have really adverse effects. But, uh, I, I, again, we are talking in the legislature about a special session, and that's within the next week or so where we would do some transferring of money to make sure when we got to the end of the our fiscal year, which is the end of June, that we'd have all our money uh, uh, items covered. As you probably know they've extended the filing of income tax from April 15th to July 15th, and that affects our fiscal year that ends in June. But I think there's other things we're talking about. I think you're going to see this a summer of a number of special sessions, and each one of those we're going to be asking the governor's committee on uh, coronavirus what, if anything, should we be doing as a legislature to help in some of these issues. It may, may be funding, and that's an issue because we don't have a lot of general fund money to spend, but there's other things that we could do that's non-fiscal that I think we'll be looking at very seriously. Well, well, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll have more with Brady Bradford, Director of the Southeast Utah Health Department, Springdale Mayor Stanley Smith, and State Senator Lyle Hilliard. We want to know how you're doing. Uh, want to know your story. How are you uh, with uh, sheltering place? What are your concerns? And uh, you can email us to upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. We have an email from Bernadette we'll get to at the beginning of the next uh, segment. We'll have more following this. Hi, this is Harley Barnes, a student reporter for Utah Public Radio. You hear me with updates during our daily Utah Public Radio newscasts. Timely and accurate information is critical, as is your support for Utah Public Radio. Take a moment now to donate to UPR. Begin by giving what you would typically spend to fuel your commute or spend on your daily coffee run. Your financial support makes it possible for us to continue coverage of COVID-19 rates in Utah, the changing economic trends, and response to rural Utah needs. Together, we can keep the information and the important conversations happening. We can't do it without you. Donate online at upr.org or through our UPR app. Hi, I'm Carl Berger, and I listen to Utah Public Radio anywhere in the country using the UPR app. How is the coronavirus pandemic affecting rural Utah? We're talking about concerns of smaller health care facilities, decisions over closures of national parks, and how economies of rural communities are being affected. 
And our guests include uh, this hour, Brady Bradford, Director of Southeast Utah Health Department, Springdale Mayor Stanley Smith, and State Senator Lyle Hilliard. We'd love to hear from you as well. You can email us to upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. Uh, we want to know your story. How are you doing? Sheltering in place? Are you going stir-crazy? Has your uh, use of Zoom and other technologies skyrocketed, as it has with me, uh, for example? Um, and uh, how are you staying socially connected, even though socially distanced? Upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. We've heard now from Bernadette in Southern Utah. Uh, Bernadette says, hi, writing from Rockville. I'm a nurse who works in Cedar City. A fair number of our patients are visitors from all over the world. By closing the parks, we avoid the unknown exposure of asymptomatic carriers. Trails are narrow. Most folks congregate at trailheads. We heard that Moab closed its hotels, Airbnb, and campgrounds weeks ago. We applaud that effort and are hopeful these efforts stem the tide of this pandemic. We know how challenging this is for small business owners, and we appreciate the efforts of everyone. This is a pandemic. You don't get to do what you want to do or what you normally do. My daughter says it's not a snow day, uh, says uh, Bernadette. Thanks, uh, Bernadette. So thanks for that. Let me uh, get a reaction on that uh, first um, from uh, Brady Bradford, uh, Southeast Utah Health Department. Bernadette mentioned some measures that uh, Grand County, I guess the Moab area, took. Well, that extends through all of our counties, but... um Grand County with its, you know, right now it's the start of their tourist season, so they have, you know, economically been impacted in a humongous way, and uh, we certainly don't take that lightly at all. They are in my thoughts pretty much all day, every day. Um, but um, I was uh, reading, and I hope this doesn't, I don't mean to make light of it, but I was reading about Moab's response to the 1918 influenza in an article uh, yesterday that my friend pointed out to me. And the Board of Health back then um, made a statement that it's better to lose a, a few days of pay now than to pay the undertaker later. And I don't, I, I recognize the, the extreme impact that this is having on uh, particularly Grand County, but we um, we felt like this was what our area needed to do to help flatten the curve, curb, curve. Excuse me, uh, and um, just to try to get people to uh, stay home. And I've said this before, but um, we live in a great place and in a great country, and we all have. Uh, places we can recreate that are near us, and now's the time to find those places. Do you, uh, I guess we don't have a whole lot of testing. I guess we have some testing. Um, it is makes it harder to know how we're doing, or do we think we are flattening the curve? Um, um, Dr. Dunn, Dr. Angela Dunn, has indicated that it's good to look at, you know, 7- to 14-day uh, chunks of, of data um, and there are some good signs that, that what we're doing is having an impact. So our rate of positive cases, um, positive test results has not improved. It's hovered around the 5% uh, mark, which is, is excellent news. Um, and um, we think right now in our area, based on that, we should have 
had um, probably about 15 positive cases, and so, and we're down to in, in the three range. So we do think uh, the measures we've taken uh, in our area have have had a positive impact as well. Uh, let me. We received another uh, email. This one was directed to Mayor Smith, so I'll direct this uh, to, to him. We have with us Springdale Mayor uh, Stanley Smith. And the person wanted to uh, be anonymous, uh, so we'll respect that. This is what the person says. Many residents in Springdale wanted Zion National Park closed earlier, but Mayor Smith had written a public letter inviting people to come to Springdale during the COVID-19 ep- epidemic. This made many residents of Springdale upset because it seemed that Mayor Smith cared more about commerce than residents of the town made less than the economic value of tourist dollars. This led to a movement led by members of local women's book club to lobby the county commissioners and the superintendent of the park to close the park. Uh, and then uh, the writer closes by saying Mayor Smith's been, during his term, focused primarily on expanding business in Springdale, a huge loss of quality of life for residents. He calls the town a ghost town for residents, but it is. Uh, but for us, it's a return to a quiet, clean, and more environmentally balanced River Valley. Um, uh, Mayor Smith, that's a direct of you, of course. So uh, what's your response? Well, first, let me, let me make a correction. I, I, did, I didn't write any letters uh, inviting everybody in there, so I, I, there was a... A uh, news article from Salt Lake Tribune when uh, before this all happened, where the, uh, the reporter talked to me, and I think that's what they're referring to. Springdale is, is very diverse, and um, I understand that you know we have we have residents that are retired here and that love the beauty. Um, we also have a lot of businesses that are, that are here, and um, some have the, the the misconception that. That, uh, that all the businesses that have grown in, in, into Springdale were uh, something that, that somehow I, I had done. Uh, I can't take the credit for that. We haven't changed any ordinances. The, the, biz, the big businesses that have come in are actually part of uh, lawsuits that were happened in, in the 90s and uh, just the economy growing. Uh, all of them that have, have come in were uh, done under the... the the ordinances that were in place before I even came into into office. Um, Springdale's a great place to be, uh, and, and there's, there has to be a balance between the businesses that are here that's, that make it possible that we have a police force, that we have all the the, the nice things that we have, um, plus the, the quietness that the, the residents want, and it's difficult to balance that out. Um, I, I want to ask you how how do you do that? Obviously, there's uh, you know some disagreements as as you go forward on on how did how to how to make that balance uh, happen. How do how do you how do you balance that? Well, um, you weigh each one each each application that comes in. You weigh it in, and, and does it get the ordinances that have been crafted, um, and uh, then you make adjustments there. I mean, it's it, I mean, that's a that's a difficult question because uh, each property, Utah's a property rights state, and and everybody that has their property, they have a, they have a right to to build, uh, and some want to to stifle businesses coming into Springdale, but if they own that property, they have a right to build it, um, just like somebody that comes in and has a house and they they like to build a second home in Springdale. They, uh, I would like to see more residents than second homes, but. Uh, again, we we have the freedom to come and move about as we, as we want to here in the, in the United States. 
I want to ask, uh, uh, I asked Senator Hilliard this, I want to ask uh, you and uh, Brady Bradford as well. Uh, so, Mayor uh, Smith, for yourself and for other residents of Springdale, how uh, you say it's, you know, it's the streets are pretty empty. That's the way it is here in Logan as well. Um, how are people doing emotionally, do you think? There's a lot. There's a lot of concern and a lot of fear. There's um, again, we don't know. Uh, as we mentioned before, we don't know when this is going to end. Uh, we don't know uh, if you know the person that's, that's driving through town, or, or do they have uh, the virus? Or you know, there, there's there's a lot of angst uh, and fear. Then uh, brings anxiety. It's also depression and. There's a lot of emotions that are wrapped up in that, and the biggest thing is is to try to, to calm those and to uh, realize that, like I said, there is hope that we will get back, we will get through it. Uh, everybody's there. One of the things that you mentioned earlier uh, that need to kind of bring out that that SBA loan that uh, that uh, was signed, the two trillion dollars. That has a huge impact for a lot of the small businesses here in town. That's pretty much how they're going to survive to get through this, this next couple of months. Uh, and uh, that, a lot of us are grateful for, the, for that, uh, just like the, the money that is going to be going into people's pockets. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of small businesses in that area will be applying for that, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, let me turn back to Bertie Bradford and, and ask the, the question I've been uh, been asking my other two guests. Uh, for yourself, for for people you interact with, uh, how are how are people doing emotionally? Sort of sheltering in place and trying to be careful, uh, physical distancing, but uh, we're very social people. We want to still keep in touch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things that's been heartening for me is to see these community see some community efforts. That allow that are taking, sorry, uh, they're taking place in in all of our counties here. That allow people to have a sense of community and still be social distancing. There's, um, for, for example, there's a kind of a, a teddy bear hunt that goes on where a family can drive around and look for teddy bears in the window, and there's positive messages that happen with that. Uh, an Easter egg drive. An Easter egg hunt that doesn't involve getting out and touching eggs, but um, driving by people's houses and waving, um, and um, those are, are signs that, that people, while there's some nerves um, and, and some question mark about you know how we'll make it through the next little while, right now they are supporting one another. They uh, we're, we're making plans to to um, particularly uh, highlight the businesses that are taking a really hard hit right now um, so that when we have a chance to open those back up, that uh, they'll know the community is grateful for the sacrifices they've made. Um, so um, I'm encouraged with what I am seeing and hearing and the amount of support that is coming out of our communities. You know, and. That if this goes on and on and on, I, I think that we maybe get even a little bit more anxious. But right now, I think people recognize that uh, we're all a little bit uncomfortable. But um, with community support, that's how we'll uh, emerge successful from this. So, Brady Bradford, um, follow up. Um, I'm seeing, and it's probably just spring. And so, uh, but with the, the COVID-19, the pandemic, I'm noticing it more, I guess. 
I'm noticing a lot of people out, uh, you know, running, uh, walking around, and they, you know, they're trying to be, they're trying to do social physical distancing. What's what's the advice of the health department? Are you you um, so so good out there? Certainly, don't want to discount the value of being outdoors in, in lifting our spirits, and and keeping us healthy. Um, but we don't want to, we want to do it in a way that we are still maintaining that social distancing. We, we are, particularly early on, we saw people wanting to go hike in Grand County. They wanted to visit the San Rafael Swell. And when um, thousands of people do that, then we have a lot of people congregating at trailheads and in bathrooms and, and touching the same surfaces. And so um, that's why we're really focused on this idea of, of find something closer to your home instead of a popular getaway destination um, because that mass of people means that we cannot maintain that distance. We cannot keep surfaces sanitized. And, and um, you know, that was one of the issues with Arches National Park is they were still having uh, so many visitors that they really couldn't, uh, they didn't have time, and they were running out of supplies to maintain sanitary bathrooms throughout the park, and that was very concerning not only for visitors but for park staff. So get outside, but uh, do it close to home and, and find a, you know, develop a talent uh, that you haven't had before. Work on a new new sport. Um, I know my family has been playing a lot of frisbee golf. We have a course right near our home, and and so we just go out as a family to do that. So, yeah, it's a it's a good idea. Uh, finally, for this break, uh, for this uh, segment rather, uh, Senator Hilliard, I wonder uh, you you said you'd uh, attended a briefing from the Bear River Health Department. What uh, I think you was telling us some of that uh, what happened there. What other bullet points that stood out to you? because uh, Dr. Bernson, who's head of the Bear River Health Department, had all the area legislators on the line and, and updated us to what they were trying to do and hopefully doing. I think one thing that we don't really realize when we see numbers is the faces behind those numbers. And Dr. Bernson was able to give us some, some factual information without names of some of the things that are going on in that area. And again, I'm just really impressed uh, with the health department. I'm sure they're typical of the health, local health departments across the state in how much they're monitoring this and caring about this and working on this. I'm sure uh, you could talk to any of these health directors and they could give you a pretty good feel of what's going on. Testing is really, really going to be important. And I think we need to find out who uh, are potential carriers get those people uh, isolated if we need to, people who've recovered, be able to use them to help us in the recovery. I think it's something uh, you hate to ask the question because you don't know what the answer is going to be, but this is one case where you really do need to ask the question so we know what we're dealing with. So as I listened to the Bear Health Department, I was just very impressed with what they were doing on the ground and monitoring and following and encouraging testing and and following up immediately when they got the results. So, I, and again, I, I I've got a lot of respect for Dr. Brinson, but I I'm sure he's speaking the same language that every health department in the state's speaking. Uh, we'll take another break. Come back with our final segment. We're talking about how this coronavirus pandemic is affecting rural Utah. 
And we're talking with Brady Bradford, director of the Southeast Utah Health Department, Springdale Mayor Stanley Smith, and State Senator Lyle Hilliard uh, in Logan. Uh, we'd love to hear your story. Uh, how are you doing sheltering in place? Are you going stir crazy? How's, how's your emotional health? Are you staying connected with people while physical distancing? And uh, perhaps what are your needs? Um, we'd love to hear your story. Upraccess at gmail.com is the email address. Upraccess at gmail.com. Uh, at the beginning of the next segment, we'll hear from Anna in uh, Green River. Uh, who will tell us uh, how she's doing. Uh, More following this. So many things are different now. The complex and unprecedented crisis facing our country and the entire world has brought profound changes, upending almost everyone's life in an incredibly short time. Yet some things remain unchanged, clearer than ever. We're all in this together. We'll solve this together. Accurate, trusted, and up-to-date information is invaluable. That's the heart of our public mission at Utah Public Radio. Keeping you well-informed has never been more important, especially in this enormous consequential election year. As part of that mission, Utah Public Radio quickly expanded our coverage of the public health, economic, and social aspects of this crisis. It takes only a minute to strengthen Utah Public Radio with your donation now. But the power of your support will echo back to you every time you connect with Utah Public Radio in the months ahead. Thank you so much for your support online at upr.org. On the next On Being, the wise Brother David Stendhal Rost on how gratitude and joy can work in a moment like this. So the key when people ask, can you be grateful for everything? No, not for everything, but in every moment. I'm Krista Tippett. Join us. Sunday evenings at 5 o'clock on Utah Public Radio. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We're uh, looking at how the coronavirus pandemic is affecting rural Utah. And uh, we are talking with Brady Bradford, director of the Southeast Utah Health Department, Springdale Mayor Stanley Smith, and uh, Senator Lyle Hilliard, Republican from Logan. We'd love to hear your story as well. Uh, what's happening where you live? Um, upraccess at gmail.com, upraccess at gmail.com. And we've received this from Anna. She says, hi, UPR. I live in Green River. We are extremely isolated, but also pretty self-sufficient. And the community is doing a good job taking this seriously, so I'm comfortable staying in place until we make it through this. My biggest problem is with people from nearby metropolitan areas, mostly Wasatch-fronted Colorado, still coming through to recreate despite orders to stay home. We have a large population of elderly individuals with compromised immune systems and households with multiple generations. The nearest hospitals are nearly an hour away. And our EMS is underfunded and overstretched as it is. How are larger communities enforcing stay-at-home orders to help protect small rural communities with few medical resources? Thank you, Anna. Let me direct this uh, to Brady Bradford. Uh, this is uh, Emory County. Um, so uh, do you share that concern that you, know, you might put things in place in those three counties that you're in charge of, but uh, you can't control other places and their residents maybe are coming through? Yeah, that is a, a really big concern for us um, because, uh, you know, we've had some people indicate that um, they would like a stay-at-home order in our area, and um, I really feel like our area in itself is doing pretty well, but we're affected 
so much by these larger outlying areas in Colorado and the Wasatch Front. Um, uh, I, I noticed that Gunnison County, Colorado um, today uh, said that you might be charged a $5,000 fine and up to 18 months in prison if, you, if you're a tourist in, in Gunnison County, Colorado. And we would really don't want to go to that point. We, we really count on people being responsible. But even um, now we are seeing um, a lot of people like the Easter in the San Rafael Swell, and so we see a lot of people driving out there. Um, and, you know, the, that puts a, a lot of strain, even on a normal Easter weekend, on our, our uh, sheriff's office in Emory County, just with kind of the normal sorts of responses that happen with a lot of people uh, camping and, and recreating. So it is a concern for us. Uh, we hope that uh, everyone um, really thinks about what they're doing and thinks about the impact they're having on communities, um, especially rural communities. Yeah, I, I could see someone from a large metropolitan area thinking, well, I can go out to, you know, I can go out to the Green River area and there's nobody there, quote unquote. So it's, I'm not harming anything, but, uh, but uh, you potentially are. Yeah, um, when when you fall down and break your arm and things like you know those other related items, um, that takes up a bed, that takes up an ambulance spot, and um, normally in a normal spring, um, we're perfectly able to to handle those concerns. But uh, this just is not a normal spring. Mm. Let me turn back to uh, Mayor Smith, Springdale Mayor Stanley Smith. Uh, you mentioned that those SBA uh, loans are, are going to be very helpful to businesses in your area. What uh, what what else do you what else would you have people know that you you need? What 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 could you use? Well, right now uh, we could just use just everybody staying at home and staying safe, so that, so we can flatten that curve and and uh, try to get this taken care of, so that we can get back to what what will be the new normal. Um, that's the biggest thing that, that everybody can do right now, and that's what we're, we're asking everybody to do is, is stay at home, stay safe, wash your hands, go out and wear the mask, uh, just follow the directives that, that, that are just common sense. Uh, and that's a little bit difficult because it's, it's hard to, to, to see when people ask, what can we do, and then they're not doing it. It's, it's like, just do the simple things. Mm. Are people in Springdale uh, generally following those directives? For the most part, yes. Uh, as we go about, um, I I pretty much have stayed in. Uh, the only time that I I have left my property is is usually just to go up to the town hall to take care of, of business that can't be taken care of over the phone or an email, uh, signing checks and and uh, meeting with the staff and. and the likes, but other than that, uh, the streets when I drive, drive out are pretty pretty bare, and I don't see hardly anybody. Mm. Early in the hour, Mayor, you talked about hope, um, which is important. What would you? How do we keep hope alive? What? <laughs> we, there's a lot of unknowns here. <laughs> well, um, I'm I'm blessed to to have my family around me, so. Uh, that's what gives me hope. My granddaughters. I've got a, a daughter-in-law that, that that should be delivering a new granddaughter here within the weeks, and we're anxious, focused on that. And 
we're doing a lot of uh, cleaning in the houses and, and doing a lot of things that, that uh, we didn't have time to do uh, and just trying to live life uh, the best that we can, uh, staying at home and, and enjoying each other's company. Just a, a couple of minutes left in the program. Senator Hilliard, what, uh, what are your final thoughts uh, beyond this? We're, we're all sharing this extraordinary experience, uh, hopefully not next to each other, but we're all sharing this. One of the concerns I have as a legislator is there's sometimes a feeling all we need to do is pass a law. That'll solve all of our problems. And I think uh, the governor can issue a, uh, an order, stay at home, and we can try to enforce it with the fines and penalties talked about. But I think it comes us to, to us individually. I know uh, I've been out several times to get food for, for because I want to support local businesses, and I'm very careful. When I come to a drive-in, I watch what's going on. I think if I felt like they weren't taking proper care, I wouldn't buy the food. Say, listen, I'm, you know, if you're not taking this serious, I don't want to really shop with you. And I think most businesses are now realizing they've got to do that because there's enough of us that are concerned about it that we just don't shop there. And so uh, and I think we're creating an attitude of, of cleanliness that we really ought to have. We've really gotten to the point, and with our, we're a world traveling now. People come here from all over the world, and we go travel. I think all of those things drive home the fact that we don't live in the same world we lived in 50 years ago. And so I would hope, and I would agree, I, I feel very good about what we're voluntarily doing and I think people need to learn. It's up to them to do it. And just simply passing a law or the governor giving an order doesn't necessarily mean everybody's going to comply with it. And so I, I think that's the thing we need to teach us all. We just have about a minute left. I'll give Bertie Bradford the last word here. What's, uh, what's your advice to people? Um, my advice to people is to uh, look for things that, that you can be grateful for so you can keep up your spirits. Um, and to, I, I love what the senator said, is to take personal accountability, family accountability. Um, um, from a regulatory standpoint, we don't like imposing restrictions on people. Um, it's not a, a, a fun place to be. Um, so if, if the more that people take ownership of their actions and encourage those around them to do that, I think that is the type of attitude and activity that will help us get back to a, a, a probably a different normal, but a, a good normal. Um, and that's a couple of weeks away, but um, we can do it in Utah. Well, we're out of time uh, for the for the program. Um, we appreciate very much our guests, uh, which have included Brady Bradford, Director of the Southeast Utah Health Department. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, we've been joined by Springdale Mayor Stanley Smith. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And uh, Senator Lyle Hilliard, thanks so much for joining us. I'm glad to be to help you. Thanks. Uh, coming up later this week uh, on Thursday, we'll be talking with Patty Raymond. We, she was a, a very popular guest uh, about a year ago. Her book, um, Humans Think, Animals Feel, uh, is a wonderful book. Um, she is known as a pet psychic, but she also gives some great uh, basic animal behavior advice and so we'll be checking in uh, with your favorite animal uh, with patty raymond that's on thursday much more to come of course we thank you for listening for to access utah today what makes you trust somebody 
Maybe they're consistent and reliable. Maybe they motivate you. Maybe they challenge you to think differently. Whatever the reason, millions of people tune into NPR and stations like this every day because they trust our journalism. Please stand with the facts. Help us continue to bring you the reliable and challenging programming that you depend on every day. Become a new member of the station today. If you've never been a member before, it's really easy. Here's how you can help out. Visit upr.org right now to make your donation. Your donation helps make possible this radio you love and depend on. We need to raise $55,000 this spring in order to continue bringing you the news and programming that you come to UPR for every day. So make a donation right now before you forget at upr.org. And thank you. Utah Public Radio would like to hear from you from a safe social distance. Tell us how you're doing, how you have been impacted by the coronavirus. Call and leave us a message at 435-797-9679. We may share your message on air as part of Utah Public Radio's ongoing coverage of COVID-19. Stay well and be safe and give us a call and share your story, 435-797-9679. You're listening to Utah Public Radio, statewide service of Utah State University and the College of Humanities and Social Sciences. KUSR Logan, KUSK Vernal, KUSL Richfield, KUST Moab, KCEU Price, KUSU FM Logan, also heard at upr.org.